Let's go. Welcome to episode two of the McLaren Fans Podcast. Um, thanks to everyone who listened last week and gave us some feedback. That was brilliant. We were sort of overwhelmed how many of you got in touch, said that you enjoyed it. Um, and let's hope that you're going to enjoy this one just as much. Uh, as always, I'm joined um, by the co-host today, Sarah Merritt. Uh, hi, Andy. Uh, hi, Ed. Uh, and also this week, we've got a special guest star, Scott Howen. Hi, hey. Scott. Hi, guys. Hi, Sarah. I feel hi, like we need, we need to give uh, Scott a little fanfare before we announce him there. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Great <laughs> yeah. of you to join us, Scott. Yeah, thanks yeah, for having we'll, me. We'll have to get some uh, sound effects for future episodes, I think. <laughs> I have to work out how to do that as well. Anyway, right. Well, um, let's get cracking, eh? So... Once again, on the back of another race weekend, uh, race nine, which I now think believe that means that we actually have an official championship because we've yeah, passed eight races, which is, let's be honest, back in March, I didn't expect that to happen. Um, no, it was a bit up in the air, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I, I, don't, and I, think... I don't think we we really knew how it was going to map out at all, you know. So it's been great to see that they've managed to get so many races on the calendar, and so many cool places too, like Magello and Imola. It's it's good to have a have a variation. So it's it's worked out quite well. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, obviously we've been to Imola before, but this is the first time I think they've had any Formula One races on at Magello. Is that correct? I think they might have yes. been some support races previously. So, I think there's been testing, um, and I think some of our F1 drivers have been there in their lower categories before they made it to Formula One. But yeah, really, it's it's known as the Ferrari test track and as the MotoGP track as well. Really. Ah, oh, yeah, they do the MotoGP there as well, don't they? All right. Well, let's let's. Well, there was a lot that went on, so let's crack on and get on and have a chat about it and. Uh, I think we can start sort of with the, the sort of race weekend with Friday. Um, off the back of what we saw in Monza, um, we seem to be kind of struggling on Friday here. Didn't seem like we had the sort of pace. Um, we had a new nose on, was it on Carlos's car only? Or was it on both cars on Friday? I can't quite remember. Um, I think it was only Carlos, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was just yeah. Carlos's. Um, I'm not quite sure if that made a huge difference or whether we're testing that for another uh, race to come up. Yeah, I don't know if any sort of anything was said about how it performed or anything, but yeah, I think it was on there and then and then it wasn't. Yeah, that, that normally means it's done quite well, I think. Uh, yeah, they did get their Flovis on there, didn't they? So oh, fingers yeah. crossed they oh, learned We love a bit, bit of Flovis. We do, we yeah. love the Flovis. It's uh, very appropriate for Lando's merchandise, and uh, yeah, we do like seeing a bit of Flovis on the car. Yeah, speaking of Lando's merchandise, I thought uh, I thought his helmet was brilliant this weekend. I thought it looked amazing. Um, yeah, the sort of Italian colours uh, in the chrome worked quite well, um, which kind of led me to the sort of question: Is is he, he got a new one out race? Is that his plan? I don't know. He it has seems had. To have been. He has yeah, had. It seems to have been. Um, yeah, I'm sure I read somewhere or listened somewhere, heard somewhere that he wanted a different one for each race. So it'd be interesting yeah. to see. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I believe I believe the FIA relaxed the rules around the strictness on the helmets, didn't they? Now that they believe the numbers can be seen more clearly on the car, the halo blocking the cockpit, I think helmet is less of a uh, a way of determining your driver now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it gives him a great opportunity to play around. We know he likes to be, you know, with his pizza and things like that. He likes to be a bit fun with these ideas. But this might cause havoc for those of us that collect the half-scale helmets, don't you think? Yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. if you've got to buy 19 new ones each season, that's quite a lot of cash. But I like how his, his uh, <laughs> pizza helmet spawned a pizza T-shirt, didn't it? So, yeah. talking about merchandise. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I think his merchandise has been pretty good this year. I particularly like the hoodie um, that came out. I thought that was pretty nice. Um, and I, I'd like to see them keep doing that, some more of the merchandise for the drivers throughout the season, rather yeah. than dropping it all at the beginning of the season. Uh, I think it works quite well. Uh, we've had sort of caps before, um, sort of per races, but actually getting stuff for T-shirts per races and stuff like that works quite well. Definitely. Yeah, I've, I've ordered a, my I'm t-shirt. I'm a fan of the uh, Lando one with the British with the Union Jack. That was a nice one. I oh, bought yeah. that one. Yeah. 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 Oh, really good the, one. And that. the neon one. And the neon one. Had to get that one. Yes. Anyway, let's uh, let's stop talking about Lando's merchandise and get back to the race. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, it was an entertaining weekend. Um, I thought we did quite well in, in quality in the end just to get where we were. Uh, you know, it, it, we weren't going to be where we were in Monza by the looks of it. It wasn't a track that was particularly suited to our cars. Um, I don't know whether it was the straight or whether it was the fast corners that have caught us out or whether we've just set that car up for the other two races that we've had in this triple header. I think Carlos yeah, I mean, said I... that the weather played a bit, didn't it? So like the heat, the wind. Yeah. I did read a lot with the, the the guys talking about our car being particularly sensitive to the wind. They did mention the corners, but unfortunately I'm not good enough to remember which ones they were. Um, <laughs> but certainly, certainly it did seem to be very sensitive to the wind like that. Um, I know there was hopes as well. I think the last time Racing Point were doing very well, they weren't so good in a um in a hot situation so i did hope that that would play into our hands but uh, you know i think aside from what we'll talk about i think we got the best we could out of the weekend really um it could have been worse yeah i think like when you were looking at the practice times i think there was a lot of people wondering how we were going to fare and to be honest when we got into qualifying, I think we were doing better than what people expected. It was a shame to see Lando out in Q2, but, you know, that happens, doesn't it? Teammates often knock their teammates out. Yeah, I mean, he was was close to getting through, um, you know, so it was, he wasn't far off getting through to the the last bit of qualifying, so. Yeah, you know, being in 11th isn't isn't so bad with the tyre options, is it? No, definitely. I think as well from, what was it, from like P6 downwards was only separated by like three tenths, two tenths. It was ridiculous, wasn't it? It was so close. Okay, shall we uh, move on to the race? Um, Yeah, Uh, what an interesting race that was. So obviously we had quite a few incidents Um, and the thing that sort of 
occurred to me, sort of, <laughs> was even by the time we got to lap nine and four, I think there's four or five cars out by that point, we'd not actually completed an actual full lap of racing at that point. <laughs> no. It mostly being behind the safety car um, <laughs> or the virtual safety car at that point. Um, but it was interesting. Um, obviously, we had Carlos spin on the first lap, I think. Was it, um, was it Stroll or Perez that he kind of came into contact with? I think it was Perez, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But I think, uh, I think we were quite lucky because every other car that spun out on that first sort of corner ended up in a gravel trap and couldn't get out. And I was actually sat there thinking, wow, we should bring gravel traps back. Yeah, and um, for him to come out of that with like virtually no damage, I was sure he'd damaged his wing or something, but just carried on. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously we had a, a sort of going back from that, we then had a few laps behind the sort of safety car and, and things like that. And then we started off again. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, then we had the red flag. Um, and that was caused by uh, obviously the, the cars off in the first sort of um, lap. But then um, we had the second red flag of the race when there was the big crash from the restart. Uh, and that was all a bit quite scary, really. Yeah, I think that, you know, there's been a lot of talk of who was to blame for that, but you know, I don't really know who to who has been found to blame for that. But um, I think all the drivers at the back, they were just trying to preempt what was going on at the front and just trying to get a run a run on each other. Sorry, I wasn't sure whether Sfera was going to speak there or she was scratching her nose. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> like like um, a half-hearted hand up. Yeah. She's, I'm not she's sure looking if, a little lost. Yeah, I'm not sure whether we've lost her or not. Hopefully she'll come back online. Um, I, I, can hear, I can hear you guys. Sorry, I, uh, I did try and let you know I couldn't hear you very well. I'm here. Right. Yeah. What did you, what did you make of the, um, the, the sort of first sort of nine laps of the race, uh, the that one spin and then the sort of big sort of incident on the restart? Well, I, I, I suppose for me, Andy, when I'm watching a race, I'm just looking to see where the papaya cars are going. Um, and when I see gravel come up or a car spinning, you know, I'm 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 gesticulating and shouting at the television like like the rest of you are, I'm sure. Um, and I'm sure those guys listening at home are saying, "Yeah, I'm doing the same. Yeah, I'm on the edge of my seat." So, um, I I guess I'd got high hopes for Magello as a circuit, and it started to make me a bit nervous. Some people have described the race as exciting, but it started to make me a bit anxious that we were going to have a lot of prangs and that it was going to be um, a little bit iffy. So I'll let you carry on talking about the rest of the race, but obviously that sort of came to fruition, didn't it? Yeah. I was just going to say, when you say people said it was an exciting race, I think it's just going to be remembered more for being incident packed and not necessarily the quality of the racing that we saw. Yeah. I think there was lots of, uh, lots of overtaking that were, 
DRS assisted down that long straight. Um, I mean, you would see quite a few times sort of the William outpace of Ferrari. Um, well, I guess if you were saying that last season, you would have been uh, sort of, you know, quite shocked by that statement. But this season, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit different. Um, yeah, I think uh, sort of obviously Ferrari, uh, it was their 1,000th race. So, um, yeah, it was uh, certainly um, not particularly the results they wanted this weekend. No, definitely not. And and if I could just mention at this moment, Andy, I've been feeling a bit sorry for Ferrari and, um, and their fans, I guess, for things I've seen on social media. We know it's not where a team of their calibre should be. But I think speaking as McLaren fans, we've all known that that feeling, especially during our Honda period over the last few years, um, where we've got quite a lot of stick on Twitter and, and, you know, especially to see people uh, trolling the Ferrari team admins quite as much as they are. I think it's a bit of a shame. Um, We know they'll be back up there again at some point. Um, But yeah, I suppose... I suppose in my uh, getting older sort of style now, I'm I'm not so happy about people getting nasty about it on Twitter. Um, and I feel we know exactly how that is when you're not doing well, don't we? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think uh, I think you made a good point there. I think yeah, you know, um, we've been there. We we sympathise, but uh, at this point, we're very happy we're in front of them. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So obviously. <laughs> Going back yeah. to the sort of race, um, once Carlos was out, really, it was up to Lando to sort of um, do the business for us. And I, I personally, I, I, I think he delivered. I think he actually over-delivered. Um, what do you guys think? What, what did you think there, Scott? I mean, um, he came in at sixth, was he? Yeah, sixth. Um, I think on his first stint, he was definitely, he definitely did a better job than Perez uh, to get past him and that. But then I just think after the pit stops, it evened out a bit and Perez, uh, I think Perez had the measure of him. Yeah, I was um, I was a, a bit sort of uh, worried about the timing on the pit stops. Um, I think most of them were four seconds, but I, I believe, Sarah, you were telling me um, in the race that it was because of traffic that we were slow on the pit stops. Is that right, Sarah? Yeah, I think uh, the one that particularly looked slow, we actually had to hold Lando in the pits for Kvyat to pass as he was coming in. So just, just that, that small change can make such a difference to the pit stop times. But there was uh, nothing nothing wrong by the boys on the team there. Our, our pit stop was a good time. Yeah, and I think uh, obviously we got sixth um, place. We got eight points for that, which is great. Adds to our total. Um, but one of the one of the things is all of our rivals, while um, sort of Danny Rick and um, the other racing point finished above us, um, they also only finished with one car in the top ten of the points. So it keeps it very very close. I believe we're still third in the constructors. Um, yep. And is that 105 points we're on now? Or 106? I'm not quite sure. My math is terrible. Sorry. Uh, don't ever get me to add anything up. This is why I'm not a race engineer. <laughs> Let's just say lots of points. And I feel that we can all three of us confidently say we're pretty happy with where we are at this point in the season, aren't we? Yeah, and definitely in third position. So, 
Yeah. That's what matters. Yes. Yes. All right. So I think that kind of covers it for the race, unless you guys have got anything else you want to sort of add to um, sort of the race weekend or anything else like that you picked up that we might not have covered there. No, I don't think I've got anything else to add race wise. So no, wanna... the only the only thing the only thing I'd add, Andy, is that um that the the team obviously have done a lot of triple headers in this strange season and I think that everybody from every team was just so glad now that this weekend's over to pack up and go home, get a break and spend a bit of time with their families before they head off to Russia. Yeah, it would be nice if they actually got a, a couple of weeks in between some races at some point, I think. But I'm not sure whether that's going to happen. Um, yeah, I think that week, off for them's, yeah. that week off for them is just going to fly by, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, just moving on from the race, one of the things that I wanted to kind of talk about is something that McLaren have introduced for, for us, the fans, um, sort of in the last year or so, is... The unboxed videos um, that these do after every race. So, um, yeah, we've we've seen some of these come out, and they're like sort of a behind the scenes. If anyone's not watching them, they're a behind the scenes sort of insight into what goes on in the garage and everything else like that. Um, shot quite candidly um, by the sort of social media team, um, and you know, I I think it's one of the best bits of content that we actually do over a race weekend from the marketing and everything else like that. Yeah, I, I agree, Andy. I think that Unboxed gives us exactly what we've always been asking for from the team. We've always wanted to feel like we're there, we're behind the scenes and we get insight into how they're doing what they're doing. And now having Henrik and Charlie following the guys about during the weekend, they're sharing every minute with us. Sometimes they share more than you might want but I'm still happy to see it. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for it. I love it when Unboxed is coming out. And I think, Scott, would you agree? We, we wait for the uh, the tweet to drop telling us the latest episode is there. Oh, yeah. And like, after every race, you just cannot wait for it. And you just, the first thing I always do is I'm like, oh, how long is this going to be? And it's normally like 20 minutes. And I don't know about you, but that 20 minutes just seems to fly by just because I'm enjoying it so much. It's like you'll go on Facebook, you'll see like a video... Yeah some random video that's like five minutes long and you'll be like, Oh, I haven't got time to watch that. But then unbox 20 minutes. You've got time for that flies by thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah. I've, 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 I've yeah. Echo everything that you see there. I, it's, it's something that I uh, look forward to. And I actually, rather than watching it on a laptop or a phone, I, I put it on YouTube on the TV and watch it in like on a full TV. It actually works. Yes, really well yes. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I'm the same. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it'd be any of the listeners out there, do you watch the Unbox? Do you enjoy it? Get in touch. Let us know what you think about it. Anything else that you kind of think would be um, that we should sort of talk about on these podcasts, that'd be great. So anyway, um, yeah. So if you listen to last week's um, episode, it was me and Sarah, and obviously this week we've got Scott, who is um, uh, you know, an avid McLaren fan like ourselves. So, yeah, Scott, why don't you give the listeners a bit of a brief intro? You know, how did you get into F1? How have you become a McLaren fan? Um, well, I've not really been an F1 fan as long as some people might have been. But when I was a kid, I always remember sitting down for Sunday lunch. Dad had the F1 on. 
I didn't really have much of an interest in it, but I can always remember Mansell's car with Cannon on the side, just that sticks out. But then McLaren sort of came to me when DC was in the team, British driver, British team, and that was who I began to follow sort of casually. And then, you know, 2007, this young hotshot called Lewis Hamilton, British, burst onto the scene and then just really properly ignited my love for F1 and McLaren. Like I was very casual about it before, but then 2007 just absolutely fell in love again. Yeah, I think I think that's uh, I think there's a lot of people coming to the sport around the same time that Lewis came in, and uh, a lot of McLaren fans from that. Um, so, I mean, that kind of covers that. But um, on Twitter, you're known as F1 McLaren collector. Is that right? I've got that uh, right. Just Mc- McLaren collector. All oh, right. Okay. So um, that kind of. Uh, implies that you have quite a collection of McLaren things. Is this true? What have you got? <laughs> I, well, Don't list yeah, everything. Well, well, <laughs> We'd be here all night. <laughs> no, some things have come, some things have gone. Um, some things I regret getting rid of, but mainly now I'm into like the 118 scale model cars. Like I used to have sort of one for every driver for every year, but then I sort of narrowed that down to just having one of each car. Um, half-scale helmets, absolutely love those. Um, it's kind of got to the point now where any driver that hasn't had one released from the past, I'll have one custom-painted, just because I'd love to have one of every driver that's driven for McLaren. Serious stuff, mate. Off, I know, I know. What a fool. <laughs> my, wa- my, my wallet hates me. Uh, and I also have a couple of 1.8 scale amalgam model cars. They're the really big ones. And they're probably like the, probably one of the shining parts of my collection. Just trying to think what else I've got. I've got a couple of, um, oh, I've got a pit crew helmet from 2009. One of the replica ones that they sold in the McLaren e-store a while ago. That made of, it's the chrome one. That's quite a difficult one to photograph because you just get your, your reflection yourself. It, so. Yeah. You got any uh, sort of questions for Scott, Sarah? Well, I was I was going to ask what your your favourite thing in your collection was, but I, I think we're going to discuss that in a minute, possibly. One thing I would say is there must be a lot of dusting that you have to do, Scott, to keep all that lot tidy. <laughs> well, annoyingly, quite a lot of it is in the loft until I get some. Proper no. room to, yeah. you haven't got it in display display cabinets or there's a couple of bits that are on display a couple of helmets a couple of cars but um just haven't got the room for all of them at the minute well to anyone listening i'd highly recommend giving scott a follow so that you can uh can see what he's got i know he always shares photos of new things as he picks them up um on a, on a very aesthetically nice checkered flag in the background or something like that so uh make sure make sure you give scott a follow yeah and the flag still hasn't been ironed sarah you'll be pleased to know oh my ocd's <laughs> crying about that <laughs> <laughs> so andy let's let's ask scott about the big one yes yeah, so scott i believe you have 
a very, very special piece of Formula One McLaren memorabilia. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it and how it came about and how you got it? Yeah, so it was a it was a day, you know, I actually met you guys, you know, we were invited to MTC for a VIP visit. Um, I, when I saw the email, I was like, oh, I don't remember applying for a, a tour or anything. So, you know, I didn't know what to expect. And I think, you know, people know that we then became Papaya fans. And um, uh, the chief marketing director, I think his title was at the time, John Allett, he wanted to show his appreciation and show, do something for the fans like to show what they mean to them. So he asked a question about Ayrton Senna and nobody put their hand up to answer because we didn't know. Can you remember the first question? I, I can't remember I at can't all. I remember. No. no. So I the remember there was cookies. Was, that was it. Yeah, oh yeah, it was definitely <laughs> cookies. <laughs> the first question he asked was, what was Ayrton Senna's childhood nickname? And none, no one put their hand up. No one knew. Um, I think I did actually Google the answer, and I think it was Becco. Okay, I think I'm, sh- I'm sure somebody out there will <laughs> correct us if we're wrong. Yeah, and then he asked a second question: When did Ayrton Senna first test for McLaren? So my hand went up because I knew or thought I knew the answer, and I told him the answer. I said 1983. John then said to me. 1980 I was like oh no have I said the wrong year I was like three <laughs> and then he <laughs> he was like just put his hands out I think he started clapping and he was like yeah and he had this this little box with him nobody knew what was inside it and you could see him visibly shaking and it was a gold medal I think it's made of gold it's very weighty uh, to celebrate Ayrton Senna's 1998 world championship and the constructors as well. And I remember, I... remember the moment, Scott, and I remember John saying that he'd had it in a drawer in his office and that he'd found yeah. it and he decided he wanted to give it to a very special fan. So how lucky is that? That's brilliant, mate. Yeah, I was really chuffed with that. I was uh, struggling to hold back the tears. I think I was getting a bit teary-eyed because it was a really special moment. So what are... What... Do you know how John came about it in the first place and, and sort of how these medals came? Were they given to the team members or the mechanics or something like that? How did they come I about? I'd guess I'd assume they were given to members of the team. Don't know how many there are in existence. You know, I've seen a couple crop up on eBay, but I can tell you something, this one's never leaving me. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And that, and that more than goes to show you were the right person who deserved it, Scott, because... Uh, oh. I think we, we'd say that as well, wouldn't we? Something that special. It's, uh, it was a great moment. And, and what was lovely on the day, Scott, was I remember us all gathering around you and you letting us all have a look at it uh, and uh, turning it over so we could see the reverse side of it as well and see what was on the back of it. I think I've got some photos of that that I'll, I'll share on the feed. But um, it, it was a great moment for all of us. I think we all we all felt at that moment that, something had been given to by McLaren to the fans. So it was a special moment. Do you agree, Andy? Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think my jaw was on the floor for probably the next half an hour after that. 
And that was just, I remember <laughs> you showing it to me and I was like, going, I can't believe he's got that. I can't believe he's got that. That's just amazing. And um, yeah, I, I've got some, I took some photos as well because I was just like in absolute awe. But yeah, um, yeah, couldn't happen a nicer guy. And, you know, um, totally made up that you've oh, got you. it. Um, yeah, I, I guess uh, we should try and find a little bit more history about how it came into the team, see if we can find some of that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it would certainly uh, be interesting to know. Yeah, but yeah, definitely, uh, you know, not the usual thing somebody has in their F1 or McLaren collection, I think. So, yeah, well done yeah. on that. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, well, that brings us uh, just up to the end of uh, another another episode. I hope everybody's enjoyed it. I just want to say um, thanks to Scott for joining us. And obviously, thanks for Sarah as well. Um, if you want to get in touch with us on Twitter, we've got a Twitter handle, which is McLaren Fans Cast, which um, you can uh, follow us. Give us a shout and we'll post when the next episodes are out. If you want to email us, uh, McLarenFanPodcast at gmail.com. I think I actually got the email wrong in the last one, which is still probably not the only reason why I didn't get any emails. Uh, guys, <laughs> want to give a shout out to your own Twitter and everything, uh, your own handles? People can get in touch with you, Scotty, on what? Yeah, so on Twitter, I am McLaren Collector, but at the end, it's just uh, ends in TR, not ER. That's due to Twitter's limits. And on Instagram, I'm McLaren.Collector. Okay. What about you, Sarah? And on, um, on Twitter and Instagram, I'm, I'm Sariware on both. Great stuff. Well, thanks for joining us again. And um, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Um, in October when we've had a few more races uh, but get in touch and let us know what you'd like to see and if you're interested in joining us on one of the uh, podcasts have a bit of a chat about McLaren and the races let us know we're more than happy to have you on here um, right and thank you very much guys enjoy the rest of your day <laughs>